really a selfless position. Uh, you know, fullback, it's, it's all dirty work. I mean, there's no real glory, and he's not really getting the ball in carries. And, you know, not, I, threw it, I definitely throw it to him. Um, but being a lead blocker really sets the tone for, uh, for the offense. It's a very valuable position, and uh, anyone that can create holes and that physical style of toughness in the run game is really important for us. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Kyle Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 60. Are you kidding me? Like if there was a studio audience here, they'd be going crazy when we said that. Uh, and there will be one day and we will be bragging about stuff like how many shows we've done in a year. And this year at 60, that is five dozen for those of you keeping track. Episode 60 of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Rose Street Journal. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Rotor Street himself. We are both bearing down for some potentially, uh, I believe the, the term they've been using is cyclone bomb uh, mm. winter, winter weather, which is kind of, I was talking to a buddy of mine on the playground today after picking my kid up from school, and he said it's kind of like Sharknado, where you just kind of <laughs> combine like two terrible things, and you're just like, all right, here we go. We got a cyclone, cyclone bomb forming out in the Atlantic. Uh, school canceled. Uh, business yep. is canceled. But the fantasy fullback dive does not just get canceled, people. Never. <laughs> no, are you kidding me? Here we are. I mean, it's 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 week 17's over, and we're pumping out a podcast. Of course. Like a bunch of maniacs. How you doing, Wolf? Hey, no cyclone, not even a cyclone bomb. I haven't heard that one to describe tomorrow, but that sounds absolutely terrifying. But besides that terror, I'm doing fine, doing well. Uh, like you said, school's already canceled for me, so I got the day off tomorrow. Churn out some some content I've been trying to get caught up on. Um, and yeah, like you said, no no days off here at the RSJ, which is perfect. Tons of good uh, podcasts coming up this off season. I know me and you were kind of ironing out a schedule, but breaking down you know our stock profiles at some point, doing maybe a more philosophical approaches to drafting. Until of course we have some coaching. We already have some coaching firings, um, but it's, as hirings happen and stuff too, we'll break that down. We got free agency. There's no off season here, so I'm glad if as you, if you're paying attention now, it means you're part of the Wolf Pack, and we're not going to abandon you just because it's the off season. We're going to have at least least one a week uh, and keep these churning out so i'm pumped to, uh, even though i have to talk to you for once a week which blows other than that i'm pretty pumped it's to better keep than twice a week content. though right oh definitely better than twice a week it's been so peaceful not having to deal with that we're gonna do some lessons learned also coming up pretty soon we might actually yep. be welcoming sound guy nate to the show um Absolutely. because you know like we consider ourselves experts on all varying levels basically but that does i mean you know once you stop thinking you can learn something, that's probably when you should move on to another profession. Uh, yep. And fantasy is like so that way. I mean, I you know I've, I've gotten better at fantasy every year I've been involved. I'd say you're probably I, I grudgingly admit even a little better at fantasy than I am. But I would imagine you learn stuff every year, um, every really year. every week probably. Um, and the thing is that every every season so different that if you're not learning and you're not evolving with the, the game of football is evolving every year. So if you're not evolving as a fantasy owner, you're going to constantly be left in the dust. So of course, there's definitely some philosophical principles that I feel like hold true every single year, and then every single season brings its own nuances. You know, two years ago it was wide receiver domination, right. and, and it was all early round receivers going into this year, and they all sucked. And all the running backs, it was the rebirth and the renaissance 
of the three down horse. So, you know, it's always different every single year. There's always different philosophies. But, yes, I mean, uh, there's some staples, too. It's the reemergence of the three down horse. But I would actually say I would characterize 2017 season as the year of the injury. I mean, I think like the the big the big measuring stick in this is how how did you do? When, when you lost invariably one of your star players or two of your star players, like I said, I won yeah. my hometown league because no one got hurt. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, I drafted five good players and they all pretty much played the whole season. I, I'm lucky, you know, and, you know, I made a good draft. I drafted good talent, but no one got hurt. But there's plenty of people that won leagues that had to absorb terrible injuries. And so to me, that's like the thing that we should be looking at in the offseason is like, you know, waiver wire, like, you know, setting yourself exactly. up to replace like a guy like or, or draft like in the low rounds. Who are you going to take to? So you got a fallback for Aaron Rodgers or something like that. Anyway, that's Absolutely. a whole nother episode. And we'll be getting into that later. Uh, one piece. There's obviously some coaching uh, news going on right now. But I did want to just tell you one little thing I saw on ESPN today, which is that Devontae Adams just signed a really big extension, which is making will make him the fourth highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. Wow. Uh, yeah. You got any clue who the three above him are? Oh, good question. I imagine, didn't Julio just get paid pretty big? Julio's not one of the three above. Julio's not one of them? Oh, man. Uh, Antonio? Antonio's Antonio's one. Antonio, AJ Green? AJ Green's three. Three, and then two. I feel like two is going to be like a shocker, or or should I be able to get two? You should be able to get two. I should be able to get two? I wouldn't have gotten it before, but now I saw it. I was like, I know it's not Odell because he's still on his rookie year deal. He he wants to be the highest paid player in football. Right, exactly. Uh, Oh, you know who it is? It's Hopkins because he just got paid huge this offseason. And and he deserved it, right. Absolutely. He earned every penny. Devontae Adams, fourth highest paid receiver in the league. Uh, That's insane. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess I see it. I think think the Packers are maybe in a situation right now where – I think they feel like the pressure's on with Rodgers and they need to start surrounding this guy with talent, which I feel like they haven't really done that much of. I mean, obviously, receivers have never been the issue. When you have Rodgers, uh, he can make his receivers look extremely good. But, uh, yeah, I mean, is this guy the fourth best receiver in, in the NFL? No. I don't think no, so. it's also the cap too. The cap keeps getting raised each year, so we're going to start seeing money tossed around even further. Uh, you know, this is a prime example of it. He's he won't be the fourth highest paid receiver for long with certain no. contracts coming up there. You know, Odell's going to get paid. He's going to jump into that list. Plenty others will soon jump him. He is a he's a solid receiver, and they they were smart to lock him up now because obviously some great money was going to get tossed at him from other teams. Uh, it's going to be an interesting. You know, maybe that's something we could break down at some point or even right now, real quick. It's an interesting wide receiver pool this year with uh, Allen Robinson's going to be a free agent. Mm. Man, I would love to see him go to San Fran, uh, become you know Jimmy Garoppolo's target hog, you know, Kyle Shanahan's ex receiver where he loves that big bodied guy he can chuck to. I would love to see Allen Robinson go there. Jarvis Landry's a free agent. There's rumblings that Miami's starting to really try hard to, to get him locked up for the future. But ultimately he'd be a very interesting talent. I mean, imagine if he came to the Patriots, that type of slot machine. Um, so it's an interesting year of receivers. Adams was another big name, but there's, there's plenty others too. But Allen Robinson, he's, he's the, the biggest one. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued to see where he goes. I was also thinking, and I mean, I, I know there's no, you know, they have a great receiver and a 
very specific type of receiver, but I was also thinking maybe in Houston with Deshaun Watson, maybe a Robinson opposite oh, Hopkins. Him and Hopkins? Yeah, oh maybe Fuller is your deep threat, you know, just like, just, oh, geez, you know I mean, I don't know. I just ridiculous think, cast. yeah, it'd be awesome, right? I mean, Watson, if, if he was healthy, would have to be considered, I, I never take quarterbacks early, but if he had that type of cast, I would take him in round one. I mean, that, that would be the type of league winner if you gave me his, a healthy ACL for him. You know, oh, God, you're just getting me, I can't even talk right now. I'm getting too horny thinking about Watson with Robinson, Hopkins, and Fuller. I'm toying with you here. I'm toying with you. Oh, my God. Don't give me these blue balls. Come on. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Let's just, I mean, let's talk about life after fantasy. And I mean, not totally after fantasy because we are, I mean, we're going to, this is a, fantasy playoff centric show so we're going to be spending the bulk of our time here talking about fantasy but you know and it's fun don't get me wrong we're going to enjoy it we're going to have a good time with it it's not the same as the you know 16 week struggle that we Mm -hmm. put ourselves through 16 weeks if you're worth any anything you know 13 if you're not but uh you know like what have you been doing to fill the void or is it just have you just been filling the void with playoff fantasy <laughs> that's what i was gonna say there hasn't been a void for me yet because that's i keep the season going as long as i can and that's what our goal today on this podcast if you're just a pod listener on the site if you've been checking it out rotostreetjournal.com we're all about the playoff fantasy right now nfl playoffs fantasy and that's kept me plenty busy making rankings making team rankings we'll go over all the general strategy philosophy all that um but that's kept me busy so i've kind of you you know the void is there you feel it like it's like kind of like that cold little draft over by the window, you know it's there, but it hasn't fully opened yet, and like the big gust of freezing cold air hasn't come in yet because we still have these four weeks. So why not just maximize them and keep the fantasy season going any longer? Keep that fantasy it's scratched, baby. We have four weeks, and we have the excuse to do it, so we might as well do it right. All right, well, along those lines, we are going to actually explain what playoff fantasy is when we come back from this break because, I mean, it occurs to me a lot of people here don't really know what it is. As a Two or three years ago, I didn't really know what playoff fantasy was. So when we come back, we're going to explain what is it, what do we think is the best way to do it, um, you know, a semblance of a big board, who should you be targeting. The strategy is a little bit different. Um, and we're going to hit all that when we come back. And then, you know, later, later in the show, we'll talk about the Roto Street Journal quote-unquote expert draft uh, for the playoffs. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk playoff fantasy when we come back right after this. What's that? Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. All right, we are back. Playoff fantasy. Uh, There's a couple ways you can do this. Uh, Basically, you can be in a league. uh, You can be in like a pick one person type deal. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the different variations, uh, different ways you can play playoff fantasy football. Wolf, give us some of the variations. Right. So I've seen a, a few different formats. A popular one is NFL.com. Obviously, it's the, the homepage of the league that we're all fascinated by. They do a playoff challenge where every every player is available to everybody. You fill out a roster and you get bonuses as they go um, for how many weeks they last. So let's say I draft, you know, Tom Brady, even if I, and I have to start him for week one. So I get zero out of my quarterback, but then suddenly he automatically has a two times bonus in round two. And then automatically if they win, he gets a three times bonus for the, the conference championship. And then if they make the Super Bowl, any team, any player that's still in the Super Bowl gets a four times bonus. So you're really trying to find those guys that that and really this is kind of the backbone of all these fantasy leagues is it's generally the best to have the guys that last the longest, uh, especially if they're high end talents, too. I've also seen leagues where you just pick a guy once. So let's say I use Tom Brady in week two. I can't choose him the rest of it. So I submit a new roster every week. Mm. 
That's um, and, but once I pick a player, I can't use them again, which is a very interesting well, it's way. It's like survival it. pools, uh, just picking team winners. Very, yeah, pretty much. Um, so it, it doesn't really matter, you know. It, well, I guess kind of yes and no. It doesn't matter who wins or loses. It's just I play this guy once and I can't use him again the rest of the time. So it, it's in in that sense, yes. Um, because the talent's kind of burned. So you want to pick the guy when you think he's going to explode and also before he's knocked out. So Gurley, you know, obviously I want to get a game out of him. So this year, I, you know, I might use him week one, even if the matchup with Atlanta is not that appetizing. If they get knocked out and I miss the chance of a 30-point Gurley explosion, I'm going to be killing myself. The other and side then, of that know, could be it could be a good time to draft uh, Julio Jones. Because, right, exactly. I mean, a if lot he, of he look, or if McCoy was healthy, LaShawn McCoy, maybe like if you think the team that you think's going home, the Titans, if they have anybody worth worth taking. Right. You know, exactly. you know Rashard Matthews this week against a, a chief secondary that's going to get destroyed. They've gotten destroyed all year. I would never recommend drafting Rashard Matthews high in a, a playoff long uh, full playoff type of format because I think they're going to be one and done. But for a one week thing, you can squeeze some points out of him this week. So that's that's an interesting little variation. Um, but my personal favorite and the one that we're doing for our expert league is just a, essentially a four game fantasy se- or four week fantasy season where you you're not with matchups you're not squaring off against any owner it's all total points and that's kind of what all these playoff leagues end up being is total points um and you just draft a team and you rack up points for as long as your players last so obviously you got to take into account the two most important factors one even more important than individual talent which is the second factor would be the amount of games played how long is this team going to last in the playoffs so that's where you make your team rankings you have to kind of take a bracket take a look at it make sure you're not you know, drafting players that are facing each other in round one, and then you're limiting your team's ceiling. So that that's really the key here. And you just do a composite scoring. I like to do six teams personally. I, it's you know when you only have 12 teams to draft from, the talent can thin out very fast. And I like doing two quarterbacks, two running backs, two receivers, tight end, and flex. So eight total people on my roster. Just use whatever scoring you do for normal fantasy. I like half PPR. Obviously, our site's kind of half PPR centric. Uh, but I, I really like that type of format with six owners. You know, two quarterbacks, so every quarterback gets drafted. Generally, all the top running backs get drafted. It just kind of fills out the roster nicely um, in that sense. And that's my favorite way of doing it. Total points at the end win. It rewards you for both knowing the right talent, but also the right teams to pick. And I, and I love it. I think it's a really interesting element. And that goes into, that goes nicely into, uh, like, you know, personal philosophy. Because keeping in mind, if you're playing with two quarterbacks and, yep. you know, there's 12 of them out there, that means quarterbacks, I mean, I feel like inherently have more value than than they do in regular and I mean they're valuable in regular leagues but it's like someone is going to get Marcus Mariota somebody is going to get Tyrod Taylor right somebody you know like someone someone's going to get these guys so right and I mean I know last year when we played I ended up with uh, two lousy quarterbacks because you know I I chased you know really good running backs right away because I was like oh my gosh like I got to get this guy and it's like yeah sure they were good picks but I mean like you you can't absorb just an awful awful quarterback, um, exactly. And so, you know, like for instance, and we'll we'll talk the mock that we did Road Street Journal later. But the first pick was Tom Brady, right? Um, you know, which would be an insane first pick. 
an actual fantasy, right? Right, of course. And the two quarterbacks obviously play into that. If it was a one quarterback, you know, that's why you always draft knowing your league's scoring and, and roster settings. But two quarterbacks make a huge difference because every quarterback gets taken. Yeah, you don't want to be the guy that has Tyrod Taylor against the Jaguars for one game. Uh, whereas it is a little bit different this year, though, in the sense that the talent has become so explosive at running back and some of the receivers available this year that you might get multiple games out of that you can switch it a little bit. You to be that you had to just take two quarterbacks first it was you know take your one round one one round two and, and that's how you kind of locked up your roster nowadays you know Todd Gurley's out outscoring quarterbacks quarterbacks used to be the clear-cut no-brainer top scores but now some of these running backs these receivers can outscore quarterbacks any given week in fact most consistently Todd Gurley the highest scoring player in fantasy this year was outscoring quarterbacks week to week but like you said yeah Brady kind of a lock for 20 a week you get ideally three weeks of that it seems like the Patriots have a pretty clear path to the Super Bowl as long as they handle their business with home field. That's uh, that's why he's the first overall pick. You know you're getting about 20 points a week. You know you're probably getting three, three games out of pretty clear luck. Yeah, and quarterbacks in general and a two-quarterback are definitely more more value. If you can get, you know, within, I always try to have my first four picks. I like to have my quarterback situation figured out. Otherwise, you're getting stuck with, like you said, the one-game shit bums, and that just can anchor your roster to the ground. No doubt. All right. So we've talked about philosophy. We've talked about ideal settings for the league. We've just talked about kind of the uh, you know principles of playoff fantasy. Uh, when we come back, we're actually going to break down the Rotor Street Journal Expert League. We went eight rounds, six teams. So we'll just uh, give you a quick breakdown of who took who, who took them when, and then we'll get to hear the Wolves' uh, ratings of said teams, which are highly suspect. But we're going to let the guy get on a soapbox anyway. <laughs> I'd also be intrigued, Nat, to kind of hear how you project the playoffs. And, and okay. I can go over mine, too, because yeah, like yeah. we said, knowing the games played is the most crucial factor. Obviously, you don't have a crystal ball and you can't see it, but it's, it's just going to be interesting. One, just good banter for football. Sure. Who do we see going to the Super Bowl? What do we see the path being to get there? So we can kind of map out how many games played we see from all the teams, what we see as the strengths and weaknesses, because that's the, the really the most important analysis at this point well, is figuring out who's going to play the most games. And then, yeah, of course, I'll, I'll go over my grades. Well, let, the, let's, uh, let's talk. Let's talk playoff football right now before we okay. before we even take a break. Let's talk what we think is happening. Obviously, we don't know, but, you know, we've both watched a lot of football. We watch certainly like pretty much every game this season. So um, let's start with the NFC. Um, first round. Well, the biggest crapshoot. Let's start with the AFC and eliminate what's the, probably the clearest. I don't know what okay, you're Okay, look, the AFC wildcard games both seem pretty clear-cut to me. We have uh, right. Jacksonville that is, is hosting the Bills who, I mean, the Bills and possibly without McCoy. Exactly. Uh, you know, maybe the worst team in the playoffs, possibly Tennessee who's playing in the other game. So anyway, we got Jacksonville hosting Buffalo. I fully expect Jacksonville to win that game. Yeah. Um, and we've got, uh, what, Kansas City hosting the Titans? And I, yeah, I fully exactly. expect Kansas City to win that game. So I, I agree 100%. I know Jacksonville's there. reeling, a couple losses here and there. But Buffalo, especially if they don't have Shady McCoy, they're going to get completely swallowed up. Kansas City, I know they went 1-6, and six, but they've really found their footing since they started refeeding Kareem Hunt, you know, 20 touches a game. They're going to keep going to that. I, I think Tennessee, we saw them get destroyed by Todd Gurley with the screens and the pass-catching running backs. Kareem Hunt's going to feast and, and destroy them too. So yeah, I agree with you. Pretty clear to me, Jacksonville, Kansas City move on, which would then set up Pittsburgh now, versus Jacksonville and Pittsburgh, New England Jacksonville and New England, Kansas City. Both interesting yep. in, in kind of different ways. Yep. Um, I could see the Jackson, Jacksonville dragging Pittsburgh into just a, a scoreless shithole of a game. I could mm. also see Pittsburgh blowing them the fuck out. Like, yeah, me too. I mean, that could happen. And uh, KC, man, I don't know. Um, 
I would expect New England to win. Yeah. But I mean, you know, but I'd put it like, I mean, I, you know, we'll be able to tell a lot from the first round probably, but I, I'd put it at like, I don't know, 70, 30 or something, New England, 75, 25. <laughs> yeah. I, that, I will admit as the New England fan, uh, they're the only team that scares me. The Steelers, even in a championship game, don't scare me as much as the Chiefs do. And the, I'm not well, saying the Chiefs cause, scare Just because of history. I mean, you know. Just because they've been in here, they've done it before. I don't think that can repeat itself. I really don't. I, I love the Patriots' chances. Spoiler of just going to the Super Bowl again. Um, Big Ben has never come here and won. Brady's eight and two against Big Ben and the Steelers. So I'm not worried about the Steelers at all. Brady hasn't by the balls. The the Chiefs are a different story though. They're built in a way they can. Get Get to the the passer without uh, you know blitzing too many. They obviously have the run game. I mean the Steelers are built that way too. I just I think Brady has the the mental mind games over them. Whereas uh, what for whatever reason the, the Chiefs have come in here. They've done it before. So yes, if there's one team that could knock off the Pats, it would be the Chiefs, which make them a very interesting team to target. If, when we go over the mock draft, I have quite a few Chiefs on my team because if they beat the Patriots, I really like their chances of making it all the way. I just don't think they will. Yeah, I mean if if. I know what you're saying about the Patriots owning the Steelers is true. Yes. If the game were in Pittsburgh, I would be straight up picking the Steelers. I absolutely would. But it's not. And, That's and, different. And, I mean, well, I mean, look, they absolutely 100% should have beaten them in Pittsburgh. They didn't. I get it. Right. But, like, if they were playing them in Pittsburgh, I'd be picking the Steelers. Now, that assumes Antonio Brown is healthy and looks like Antonio Brown. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, my instinct says the Patriots will beat the Steelers. I don't think it's a slam dunk by any means. The Steelers have a just ridiculously explosive offense. I don't think the Patriots Maybe. can handle Le'Veon Bell. I don't think the Patriots can handle Antonio Brown. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, and, and with that said, I think the Patriots are, are tough to stop. So anyway, so are you picking the Patriots for the Super Bowl? Uh, yeah, if I, you know, if that to me that makes sense. Sure. All right. So that's our AFC representative. I yeah. think we're not too. I mean, I, I think you know, not nothing we said. I mean, we went all chalk. I think we're going. Yeah, I don't see any upsets. We went all chalk. You you think they'll beat Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game? I think. Yeah, I think think that's probably what will happen too. I will be pulling against the Patriots every game, but that's what I think will happen. The only upset I can potentially see is because the Jaguars are reeling, and I think Blake Bortles is kind of combusting right now. And I I think Buffalo is the worst team in this. The Bills don't have anything. The Bills are horrendous. I agree. I mean, Bortles could could be just insanely bad, though. That's what I'm saying. Is like they could beat themselves. I don't think Buffalo. Buffalo is going to win that game, but Jacksonville sure could lose it. So the only upset I could see happening, and I would love that because that would mean New England gets the Bills, and then oh, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Pittsburgh has to fit square off with the Chiefs. I would love that situation. Yeah, I'll bet you um, would. Uh, so I'm, I'm pulling for that one. That's the only upset I can see as, as a possibility, though, in the uh, AFC side. NFC, though. NFC. That, I mean, all right, let's talk uh, NFC because crazy. I mean. First of all, but before we talk about that, let's talk about the fact that the Ravens didn't make the playoffs because oh, because they God. couldn't stop Andy Dalton on a fourth and twelve <laughs> at midfield. Which is like at, at that point, I, I feel like there should be just kind of a league wide rule: if you're on the Ravens' defense and that happens, you should be forced to retire. Yes, you shouldn't you I, shouldn't be able to play anymore. Also, that guy 100%. that guy Eric Weddle uh, for the Ravens had a million dollars on the line if they made the playoffs. And and, oh. he, and he was right in that group of guys too, like where the guy caught the ball. I mean, one of the guys lit- that got burned yeah. literally cost him, and, and kind of like million John dollar coverage cost him a million bucks. That's anyway, hilarious. Yeah, it was pretty wow. funny. All right, let's talk NFC. Uh, the Falcons squeaked in with the sixth spot, which is interesting. And uh, Seattle, you got—I mean, you know—did not get in, and you know, uh, Seattle just now seems kind of pathetic in retrospect. Yeah, um, uh, the Falcons got in. I'm kind of glad they got in. They were so good last year. 
But they are facing the Rams on the road in the first round. And that's a tough, tough game. But, I mean, you could also say that's a tough game for the Rams. Yeah. To, to me, the NFC comes down to I – th- I think the Falcons are battle-tested and they – obviously they have a strong run game. I just think the chemistry has been lacking under Sarkeesian so far this year. The offense has not been nearly the same pace and, and you know, just – I mean, it was the league-leading offense last year and one of a – almost a historic offense. And they've just really regressed. And I just don't think they have the defense to, ma- you know, stop the Rams and they don't have the offense to match those blows. So I see the, the Rams – there's just such a juggernaut this year. Uh, they've rested their starters. Gurley's going to come out fresh. Atlanta's been getting killed by pass-catching backs, and Gurley's really developed into maybe the premier pass-catching back outside of Le'Veon Bell in the league right now. So I think the Rams are going to ride Gurley, uh, just ride that overall offense and dominate them. Uh, maybe not dominate, but I think it's going to be a pretty handed win for the uh, Rams, and they're going to move on. And that's the most interesting game to me, would be Minnesota versus the Rams in the next round. I think the Rams will win by like 10 to 14. I mean, I... I I don't to the think, Falcons? Yeah, or to yeah, the, yeah like, against Falcons. Really? I, I, Only 14 points for the Rams? Oh, I mean, I'm, give, I'm giving them a two scores, yeah. I think they'll probably win by 14. I mean, No, 14 to 10, though, is what you're saying. No, I said oh. they'll win by somewhere between 14 and 10, oh, 10 and 14 points. I misheard like, you. Okay, no, I thought no, you said no, they're only going to win 14 to 10. No, just, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll I mean, win. you know, they'll, I think they'll probably win like 35 to 20 or something. Okay, yeah, that's that's kind of what I see, yeah. Um, yeah, so then we've got... On the other side, we've got Carolina and New Orleans. That's an intriguing one. Very intriguing. intriguing. New Orleans has beaten Carolina twice this year. And put up over 30 points in both those games. So, Is the first game in New Orleans or Carolina? Uh, It's in New Orleans. New Orleans is the home. They're the four seed. So, Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I got to think New Orleans wins that game. I do. They coming off a horrible loss to the Bucks, so I don't know if that plays into it at all. I don't think it does. I know Carolina just also lost too. They've been reeling. I, I actually, you know, spoiler alert for the NFC. I like the Saints to come out of this conference. I think a lot of people with like Drew, the Saints. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they've got Drew Brees and Sean Payton, so two battle-tested people. They've been there before, done it before. Their defense is much improved, especially the run game uh, this year. You know, they can grind and control the clock. Kamara is just so explosive. I, I see this all coming down to a Rams and uh, Saints showdown in the, the championship game, which is an offensive battle, you know, back and forth, back and forth, coming down to the last drive of the game type of game uh, where the Saints end up pulling it out. So that's kind of my, my spoiler of where I see it going. But I think New Orleans beats Carolina. I think Philadelphia is a complete fraud with Nick Foles. And that's a pro- popular buzzy pick is Philadelphia being – I don't know if you have any different opinion on Philadelphia, but it's pop- popular number one seed early exit. What are your thoughts on them? Well, all right. So first of all, I agree. I think Rams Saints is, is the NFC championship. I think okay. – well, you know what? Uh, let me let me back up a little bit. The Vikings. Are I think really Viking Saints. Match. Viking Saints. I think is going to be the NFC Championship okay. game. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I part of me, part of me is leaning towards the Vikings. I think that I will probably end up picking the Saints, but it's really mostly just because I I enjoy watching the Saints much more. So, yeah. um, and you know, that's biased, but no, I think the Vikings will actually beat the Rams. And they also have, I mean, the home field Super Bowl type of motivation. The first, they, they might end up having home field throughout the entire playoffs they're if going, they can upset, or going, not upset, beat the Rams. They're, they're going probably to be the favorite. Thing. I mean, I think um, that probably I should be picking the Vikings over the Saints in the NFC Championship game. I'm going to pick the Saints just because I like them more. I think it'll be a more fun Super Bowl. Um, let me, I, I did hear an interesting 
question posed. So I mean, you know, I think the I think the Eagles will get knocked off in their first game behind Nick Foles, which I I assume you also think. I heard somebody ask an interesting question on a rival sports podcast, and I wanted to know what you think. So let's say that you took all the quarterbacks away from the twelve playoff teams. Yeah, and let's say that you put Blake Bortles in for all twelve of them. So I guess the the (laughs) Jag. So the Jags remain unchanged. Yeah. But everyone else, you know, Tom Brady's replaced with Blake Bortles. Like, uh, everybody's replaced with Blake Bortles. Interesting question. Who has the best team? I would say, I mean, Jags' defense is up there. I would probably say, oh, man, that's a tough question. That's a really good way of, framing it. It's not the Patriots. No, it's not the Patriots. It's definitely not the Patriots. Brady's too big a part of that. Um, Uh, I would be kind of looking towards either the Eagles or – Maybe the Jaguars themselves, the Saints. Oh, that, that's they, a tough question. It's a, I think it's a good question, though, right? They, they said that's the, a great they, question. They said the Eagles. They said, you know, it's funny because no one gives them respect anymore. They said, you take everyone's quarterback away and give everyone Blake Bortles. They still think the Eagles have the best team. Overall team, right. Yeah. I agree. Which I think is, I agree you know, with that. Yeah, I think I do, too, upon hearing it, although I never would have thought of it until I heard somebody say it. So Interesting, yeah. Um, and um, Super Bowl, since we're talking this, I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter who wins or loses the Super Bowl in the context of fantasy playoffs. Um, but, yeah, I expect the Patriots to probably win the Super Bowl. And I, let's go. I'll be so mad if it happens. So It's going to happen, and I'm going to be so happy and joyous. It's going to be you know, amazing. Not too many things would bring me more joy than seeing Case Keenum beat uh, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. Oh, so man. We'll I, I mean, Keenum, I, I like Keenum's story. I do, too. I, I do, too. But you but... still hear his name and reflexively think he's a joke. Of right? course. He's not. He's a – you know, this guy used to throw for like 500 yards a game in college. People don't exactly. like even talk about him. They're, they're like, oh, right. he's a game manager. It's like he's not a game manager. He played for Jeff Fisher for a year. Everybody's a game manager when they play for Jeff, Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Put Brett Favre in there for Jeff Fisher and he'd be like a, you know – 10 for 14, 114 yards, a pick and a touchdown type guy. That's, so, that's what everybody is, yeah. Right, that's what everybody um, is. Did so you, yeah, you ever heard this guy's like talking, Jeff Fisher's like talking like he wants to get back in the league? I think if you were a GM and you hired Jeff Fisher, like you should hired be. Hired on the spot. You should be like that guy in Westworld that they made ride off naked into the, uh, you know, on a horse at the end. His brother in law. <laughs> right. They should do that to anybody that hires Jeff Fisher. Absolutely. I agree. I can't wait for Westworld season two to come out. I, I just way. watched and the whole thing with. I just watched the whole thing with my wife. I just finished oh, you it. Watch, like, rewatch it. Was I just it watched awesome? it. Like th- it was way better. Yeah, I was gonna say you probably caught a bunch of stuff. I, I, it, it's amazing how much stuff I'm. I mean, that's the thing. I love the show so much, and I probably caught like thirty percent of it. Yeah, it's so good. That's, yeah, that's you, hilarious. You should it's, watch. There's it again. so much going on. Yeah, I plan to rewatch it like the week before the new season comes out. Just grind out the whole thing again. Um, but yeah, so it seems like we're both kind of in agreement. For me, I, I rank the teams. New England won just because it's three games seems most safe to me. Uh, you're getting three games out of them. The NFC is just so wide open. But I think that who's going to win this thing? And you can check out my whole team rankings. I'm not going to go down the whole list right now. Go to RotorStreetJournal.com. Check out my rankings if you haven't seen them. Uh, but to me, I think 
the crucial factor is, yes, getting Patriots will give your team a nice floor, but predicting that NFC, it's such a wide open bracket, and you could get four games out of the Saints, you could get four games out of the Rams, or potentially three games out of the Vikings. I think those three, it's going to be one of those three. And if you tie your horses to the right NFC team and and then kind of sneak a few Patriots, you know, Deion Lewis or Chris Hogan in here or there, I think you're going to do yourself a real – that's going to be the winning formula is getting the NFC right and figuring out the right team to tie yourself to. Um, but as you, as the last piece of you know philosophy and draft I want to go over, and then we'll take the break and go to the, the mock draft is once you've kind of picked your horse and draft flow might say, you know, maybe some Rams go early and that was your favorite team and you can't go them anymore. You got to be able to be flexible and switch it up and then make sure you're not pairing teams that are facing each other in the near future. So if I get stuck with, let's say, you know, some Vikings, I'm not going to take any more Rams because that means I could end up losing, you know, I'm going to lose one of them and get only one game out of the the Vikings, or I'm only going to get two games out of the Saints. You know, if I, if I get stuck with Carolina, I can't go with a bunch of, uh, you know, Saints now. I think I mixed up a couple teams there, but Carolina's facing the Saints. I can't have Cam Newton and take Michael Thomas the next round because I'm only going to get one game out of one of those guys. So once you pick your horse, you got to really try to stick to it. I like to have one AFC horse, which again I would want to be the Patriots, um, and one NFC horse. The only situation I would say it could be different this year is if you load up on Rams and Saints because there's no way they could end up meeting until the conference game. And if you get both of those teams and that ends up being the conference final, you'll get three games out of one team, four games out of the other. If you can get seven games played out of your two teams, then you're in a really good place. So either load up on Saints and Rams or pick a horse from either other conference and load up there. Right. And I just want to put kind of as an asterisk to that, if you load up, you get, you know, four games out of one team, three out of the other. It's not like you're going to be getting like uh, Todd Gurley and Alvin Kamara. Like you're going to have to like be you're going to be getting like the Saints dregs or something yeah, like kinda. that. Kind of. I mean, wait till we go through the mock. Draft. We will go through. We will go through. I have I have plenty of thoughts on this. Uh, yes. You know what? Let's do that. We're going to talk Road Street Journal Expert League uh, draft when we come back right after this. With the first pick in the 2007 NFL Draft, the Oakland Raiders select quarterback. Jamarcus Russell, LSU. All right, we are back. We're going to talk Rotor Street Journal Expert League playoffs uh, fantasy. And participating in this league, of course, you got your four Rotor Street Journal mainstays. You got you got the Wolf. You got the Truth. You got the Salt Man, CJ. You got Jimbo Slice. <laughs> We've also got AJ and Sam. Uh, where might our uh, Rotor Street Journal customers, uh, readers, viewers, um, like us on Facebook, whatever you want to call it, where might they know Sam and AJ from? So AJ is the Red Soccer 45, uh, our big baseball guru. Mm. That's also fantastic at uh, at fantasy football. He ended up winning the Expert League this year. So he was a big get uh, right before the baseball season. I had a buddy reach out and say, "If you're looking for a baseball guy, I, I've never met a guy more addicted than AJ." And sounds like just the type of person for us. Um, and he was equally adept at football. Ended up winning our Expert League. So guy's a great fantasy mind. As the winner of our league, I felt he deserved the fifth uh, spot. And then Sam is our video guy. So he. He does those cornerback matchups. If you're on Facebook uh, every week, you see him doing those cornerback matchups. And he's also been hard at work on an awesome project, uh, the Rotos, our award show. Going to be releasing it next Monday. Actually, this is a great chance to plug that. Uh, next Monday, we're going to be releasing all our different awards to wrap up 2017 and tell you, you know, who was the bust of the year, who was the most overhyped player, and also the, the positive awards, who's the MVP, all that. But Sam's our big video guy, fantastic editor, uh, creating some awesome video content and just really wanted to get involved in this draft. 
draft. Uh, so yeah, those are those are the the guys. CJ had first pick. You had second. I had third. Jimbo Slice went fourth. Sam. Ages. You want to just go through the first, like you know, round by round, rifle off the yep. names let's, and we break it down real off. quick. We'll start. Or, yeah, let's, okay. we'll, we're gonna, I can do a team by team. We'll go round by round. Round one, yeah. uh, CJ takes Tom Brady. I took Le'Veon Bell. Wolf takes Todd Gurley. Jimbo Slice takes Kamara. Uh, Sam takes Cream Hunt. AJ takes Drew Brees. What do you think of how uh, those one through six? I, I love them all. I would say I think you took Bell a little early just because I'm projecting only two games out of the Steelers, whereas I think you could get four out of a guy like Gurley. So similar talents. I would have sided with Gurley, which is what I did anyways. And then in that spot, if, if the second overall pick, that's where I have Gurley slotted anyways too. So I would have gone Gurley over Bell. I have Bell a few spots down. I would have gone Kamar over Bell too because he has similar four-game upside, I think at least three games if they make it to the conference finals. Uh, the only pick I didn't love there was Cream. Hunt. I think that was a little too oh, early nuts. for him. Yeah. Um, and, and we did mention they are maybe the best bet to upset the Patriots. So Sam could go on and look like a genius if the, the sure. Chiefs go on a, a heroic run here. And Kareem Hunt would be the engine to any type of heroic one uh, run by this team. But overall, I think that was the only guy that stood out as a clear reach to me was well, Kareem Hunt. So I agree with you that Hunt's a reach. I want to push back on on you ranking Gurley above Le'Veon Bell. You're, okay. saying, you're saying you only project – two games out of Bell. And that's reasonable. I mean, you know, they're going to have to beat the Patriots to get more than two. Yeah. But I think that if you're banking on Gurley's team, I mean, first of all, they beat the Falcons. I think they will. But then they got to go to Minnesota and win in Minnesota. Tough game. I just, I don't see it happening. I really don't. And, you know, and then, and then, you know, then you're also saying, oh, maybe they beat the Saints. I don't think so. I think you're going to get two games out of Gurley also. And I think the second game is going to be against like a really nasty defense uh, on the road. So, yeah, I don't agree. I think with the pass catching capabilities of Bell, uh, I, I, to me, that was, I, I didn't really even consider Gurley in that situation. I mean, I, 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 I like thought Gurley Bell was a clear cut number two there. I, but the same kind of philosophy applies to Bell, too, though. He's facing the Jaguars in the first week, so a ferocious week one defense, followed by a, a, probably a soft matchup with the Patriots. Definitely an easy defense for running backs to go against. I just think Gurley's chances and the Rams' chances of upsetting the Vikings are a decent amount higher than the Steelers upsetting the, the Patriots, which I know you clearly don't agree with based on the rest of your draft. Well, no, um, I mean, I, there's method to my madness. But, I mean, to me, the, the Jacksonville matchup, you know, that seems to be much more detrimental potentially, at least to wide receivers, although Antonio Brown is uncoverable. I mean, when is yeah. he, when have we ever seen anything bad they happen with him? Things, right? But I mean, yeah. Le'Veon, to me, that that's a screen pass game. I mean, that's, that's, it could be. that's a Le'Veon it could be Bell. A like, dunk. Oh, there. Yeah. I mean, you know, you could see Le'Veon Bell with 12 catches. And that's you know? when they've been most susceptible to Jaguars is pass catching running backs over the middle, that kind of funnel defense we talked about with Ian Hardens. That, that's kind of the, the way to beat them. better than Le'Veon Bell. Exactly. So I, I don't hate Levy on Bell there. I don't. Um, but I just would have preferred Gurley and even Kamara over him, and then maybe had him as my fourth guy. We're. I mean, your philosophy is not bad though. Bell's an elite talent, and he could get uh, two games. There's no way they upset the Pats. So I see. I, I see it. But there's other guys I would have gone. All right, fair. Well, let's work back in the snake track. Uh, AJ followed up his Breeze pick with Gronk. Uh, Sam yeah. picked Dion Lewis. Jimbo, Mike Thomas, going heavy Saints. Uh, the Wolf picks up Mark Ingram. I took brave Ben Roethlisberger. I was trying to learn from my quarterback conundrum last year where I ended mm-hmm. up with nothing. Figured I'd give myself some serious stacks here. And CJ picked Leonard Fournette. 
Yeah, and I think you were smart to take a quarterback here. I don't. I don't. Again, the, I don't love the Steelers load up uh, because I think they're only getting two games. I'm pretty shocked to see only two quarterbacks gone through two rounds in a two QB league. Uh, like you said, you can really dig yourself a That's horrible three. hole. three. Breeze went also in the first round. Well, this, oh yeah. So through two rounds, yeah, three. Uh, at this point, it's historically when I've done two QB leagues, you see six, seven, eight quarterbacks gone with only a couple uh, talent mixed in, skill talent. So it goes to show, I, I, I think this year it makes somewhat sense because the, of just how high end the skill talent is. But guys like, you know, Deion Lewis and Fournette over a really solid quarterback that you know you're going to get a couple games out of in terms of, you know, maybe it's Case Keenum or Goff or, you know, even Alex Smith's going to get a couple games. Those guys just offer such huge point edges as the as opposed to getting stuck with a Mariota or a Tyrod Taylor. And I'm surprised to not see at least, you know, a Goff or a – yeah, you know, like I said, Keenum tossed into one of those two picks, but so be it. I don't hate how the next rounds re- came out because of that. Yeah, I mean, again, you know, I agree with that. First of all, so anyway, you're you're hating on my Steelers pick again, and it's like I, I think that you're putting an awful lot of stock. In, I think you've decided like the Rams are where it's at or whatever. You know, you're well, you're, you're a guy that picks up. You're a guy who picks up Jared Goff. Spoiler alert in the next round, and exactly. I fu- I fully expect the Vikings to completely shut him down. So that would be tough. if that happens, then I'm kind of screwed. Although I will also say too, you said if you take Gurley round one, you're getting stuck with the Saints dredges. I wouldn't call Mark Ingram quite the dredge. Was, but that was your second pick. You were talking as if you had four guys on one team and three on another. <laughs> like, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you certainly are not, you know, if you're going to take a Saint guy in the second round, you're not, you're not settling for the scraps. Right. But if you're no, putting all nice. your guys on two teams, certainly by the end of your roster, you're going to be getting the scraps. Yeah, so uh, that that is not what happens in the second round, of course. Now, girly um, marking, I love that backfield. I, it's a great backfield. It's a great backfield. I like your Saints. I mean, Gurley's. I, I like him better than Ingram. I, I think there's a better chance Ingram's going to be playing longer. Yeah, we'll see. We will I hope see. if those two if those two meet up in the the conference finals, then I'm in a very good spot. That means I got three games out of one of them and four games out of another. I'll be in pretty damn good shape if this shakes out the way I ranked my teams. Last year, I was you, you pretty will, off. So, you will you be know. in good shape, but the more I think about it, the more I don't think that's going to happen. Um, CJ taking Leonard Fournette with his second pick. What do you think? Jags running back, second pick? Disgusting. I don't know. I think it's a terrible I, pick, personally. I think he could steamroll the Bills week one. The Bills have the yep. worst run defense uh, in the yeah, league. Yeah, you know, he may. And may but I, to me, like, second round pick. Although, I mean, you know, he's the first pick in the third round, too. It, it, that's splitting hairs. But, I mean, the guy the guy could have 150 yards and two touchdowns in the first round. Right. and But, uh, you know, he's also injury prone. He's gotten dinged up. He hasn't looked great the second half of the stretch. So I, I that was one of my least favorite picks of the draft is four net that early. You're looking at max two games, and he's been just a shell of what we saw early on in the year. I don't – yeah, that, that pick, I'm glad you pointed that one out. I don't love that. You know, it's easy to say Deion Lewis for Sam was a reach, but you might be getting three games out of him. You probably will get three games out of him. And in the way he's running right now, the only concern I have with Lewis's value is Rex Burke. Head, who spoiler coming up in a couple sure. rounds, I think is one of the steals of the draft. I agree. As far as he fell down. All right, let's snake back third round. CJ let's takes Adam Thielen. I took Antonio Brown. Speaking of steals of the draft, if I, if I, I mean, you know, if they do anything at all, get if Antonio. Steal, if your Steelers upset the Patriots, you're going to win this league. Listen, it, well, right. If the Steelers upset the Patriots, I will. But I mean, even so, two games out of Antonio Brown is pretty mm-hmm. damn good for the third round. And, you know, just to give you an example, I mean, 
later in the well, we'll keep going. Then you took Goff. Then Jimbo took Brandon Cooks. Then Sam took Julio Jones. So, I mean, we're talking third round here. Antonio's almost certainly going to get at least two games, and he's Antonio mm-hmm. Brown. Julio Jones is in all likelihood gone after the first round. Yeah. And Latavius Murray from AJ with his fourth pick, which also might be a good pick. Yeah, I, I think Julio, like you mentioned, I, I think it's a one and done. So I hate that pick right there. The rest of it, I, I think it all makes sense. Thielen, Latavius, you know, if you're going all in the Vikings, I totally see a scenario where they make it to the Super Bowl and have a home Super Bowl game for the first time. So they're not my pick coming out of the NFC, but if they're yours, then Latavius and Thielen should definitely be third round picks. I, I totally agree with that. I was hoping for Brown to fall my way. Although at that point, I had a, my dead set lock. I had to get a quarterback at that point. So I was pumped that Goff fell. He's the guy I really wanted, um, especially once I already had Gurley. So so, I've, you know, that's what we talk about, committing to your horses. I got Gurley early. Um, I'm <laughs> rhymed. That was awesome. uh, I got Gurley early. But uh, at, at that point, it was going to be some Rams following him. So I'm glad Goff was able to make his way back to round yeah, three. Fourth quarterback off the board. Not too bad. Fourth bad. round, snaking back. AJ takes Rex Burkhead. Sam takes Cam Newton. Jimbo takes Case Keenum. Wolf takes Tyreek Hill. Uh, I will admit that. I would have taken either Kane, either Keenum or Hill with my next pick had they been there. Yeah. Um, then I took Juju Smith, um, and CJ took Robert Woods. Um, you know, I just at this point I was going with like who do I think will be around for more than one game, and mm-hmm. and you know Tyree Kill will probably be around for two games. Like I said, I would have taken him. Keenum would have been a really nice second quarterback for me to have. That would have been I, the ideal pick I, for you. Yeah. Maybe. I considered taking uh, Christian McCaffrey, but then I was like, yeah, he's going to be gone. After one and game. done. Right. Uh, did not stop CJ from taking him, however, in the next round. Uh, CJ snakes back around. Christian McCaffrey, then I took your boy, Travis Kelsey. <laughs> uh, and you followed up with Alex Smith. Uh, yep. Jimbo, Jarek McKinnon, which I actually think is a pretty good pick. Sam, Stefan Diggs, yeah. Um, although maybe he'll play a few games. And AJ, Danny Amendola. <laughs> You're not a fan of Sam's team, huh? There's been a couple times you've paused just on you on Sam's team. <laughs> uh, I don't know Sam personally, so. <laughs> oh, no. no. Um, yeah, so anyway, at this point. <laughs> I, th- I didn't hear you, by the way. It throws up on us. I, I loaded up. Uh, I loaded up. I got four Steelers and Travis Kelsey at this point. Yeah. So, and I like, like I said, I like having some chiefs. I clearly, and that's my AFC horse now is Hill, Alex Smith. I like them for at least two games and as the only team that could potentially upset the Pats. I also think both their matchups, Tennessee and then New England are very favorable defenses to go against. So I like Tyreek Hill and Alex Smith's chances of racking up some huge points, even if they only last two games. Same with Kelsey catching a couple touchdowns. I think the Chiefs are a pretty good team, especially when you're looking at rounds four and five to start tying your horses to uh, I like both of those guys I like you mentioned uh, I mean Amendola very sketchy pick uh, at that point I love the Burkhead pick round four from AJ I thought everything he did up to that point was great but why not Chris Hogan you know Chris Hogan's the clear number two there assuming that he's fully healthy and I, he ends up uh, spoiler coming to me in a couple rounds I absolutely thought that was a steal of the draft too, but we can continue. Uh, I mean, how it. many steals of the draft did you get on your team? I mean, you must, I, that's you must why have I think just it's nothing a, but steals. I'm going to be running away with this one, I think. I love my squad. Um, all right, going back around, AJ then followed up the Amendola pick with Ted Ginn. Um, Sam comes back with Nick Foles. Um, no comment because I've been given a hard time for talking <laughs> shit, but uh, you know, you got you to gotta pick a quarterback. So, I mean, what are you going to do? 
At um, some point. Jimbo Cooper Cup, I thought that was a pretty good pick. Wolf, Zach Ertz, I mean, just what a garbage pick. Uh, <laughs> you know, you're going to get one game out of this guy. Even you think, even you think he's only going to play one game. Right, but when you look at the tight end pool, okay, one game of Ertz, and he's been, I spouted out the stats to you last night when you started talking shit to me, he's been a solid, you know, he had eight catches, 91 yards in one game, caught a touchdown in his other game with Foles, he's been producing well, look at the other tight ends out there, Gronk, obviously the clear number one, Travis Kelsey, I'd say is a pretty clear number two, because you're getting two games out of him, and then it's like, mm, Kyle Rudolph, I definitely considered there, because he could be getting a couple games. I definitely would have taken Rudolph But look at my team. I'm so loaded up on Rams that if I take Rudolph, then am I really rooting for Kyle Rudolph to stay and Gurley and Goff to be gone off my team? No. So I'll side with Ertz and hope that the the rest of the Eagles. But that's like a ridiculous argument because you got Mark Ingram too. I mean, there's, there's conflicts no matter what. True, but I have less invested in the Saints than I do, and Ingram would have a couple games at that point. You're right. I mean, obviously there's little holes in each argument, but Ertz, to me, even if it's just one game of him, is better than every other tight end out there other than the two big names and maybe Kyle Rudolph if you get multiple games out of Rudolph. Yeah, you might be right. Which I don't think it's going to happen. You might be right, but it's still a garbage pick. Um, <laughs> I picked Matt Ryan. Oh, I actually talk about garbage picks. Let's pause. Okay, this well, I, I hold on. Matt Ryan. I it's actually, it. I actually initially took Lashawn McCoy, and then yes, like literally it. as it's I was picking him, I was like looking up his injury, and they were like, and like the the headline was like he may play in the thing, and I was like, all right, I'll take Matt Ryan. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't look. I didn't love any of my picks after this point. But then CJ uh, ended the round with Blake Bortles, I'll Sir Blake. To move off the attention of picking somebody and then going back on it. One of the worst. Um, fans you know, you don't even want to go there because last year when we did this draft, like you set the rules of the draft, and I actually liked my team where I was going. And then you and like two other bitches in the league started being like, "Oh, we should add another spot because you guys hadn't like picked well." And like, you know, you didn't have anything at a flex. And meanwhile, I liked that you guys had been boxed in with nothing. And you literally mid round added another position to the draft. So please don't even start with that. Like you are, right, like, you yeah. are like the ultimate rule changer. Um, and my flex too, if you don't, re- if you don't forget was Chris Hogan who had that like I, 190. I don't, I don't forget. And I thought it was just huge bullshit <laughs> because like, I actually, unlike this one, I actually went in with a strategy last year, knowing the mm-hmm. rules, which were then changed mid draft. Um, um, anyway, when? You know, when, when, when. Um, we allowed it. We allowed you to keep Matt Ryan, even though it was a pathetic I said, I said you could give me LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, well, but on one of those situations, like you'd rather be able to talk shit than. than oh, yeah. hundred percent. Right. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Sir Blake Bortles rounds out the round with CJ. Um, I think Blake Bortles, by the way, fell pretty far. I yeah, kind of like surprised Bortles. he got, I he got him Bortles in the sixth round. I know you have big, brave Ben, but Bortles, at least you get two games out of versus Ryan. I mean, Ryan's He's, my only NFC guy. I just like, you know. I you're you're praying for a Falcons run kind of. Well, I'm praying for a Steelers run. I don't give a shit what happens on the rest of my team. Yeah, true. Um, starting the next round, Greg Olson for uh, CJ. I went with D.D. Westbrook. I considered Keelan Cole. Uh, I can't tell whether it's a flash in the pan from him, whether he just had two good games or whether he's going to be their top guy. I decided to go with Westbrook. I need another receiver. I, I might be wrong on that. Wolf goes with Chris Hogan, which I agree was a good pick. 
Um, I actually thought that Hogan was gone. I'll be honest. When I took Westbrook, I didn't I have think a Hogan's thing. Definitely clearly I, above Westbrook. Yeah, I do too. I, look, I was coaching basketball practice uh, as you were <laughs> oh, texting me. Excuses. I was on the court with a bunch of six and seven year olds. Ben Bath and didn't have a depth chart. Was like essentially going off the top of my head, and you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh no, yeah. like you picked so and so, Mariota from Jimbo, which. Uh, he should be embarrassed. He himself typed in Mariota. Ew. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Sam Kyle Rudolph, great, great pick for the seventh round. Uh, that, that's his best pick. Since of the I've round. been given so much of a hard time for my Sam uh, insults, great pick, Sam. Uh, <laughs> AJ Tyrod fucking Taylor with his seventh <laughs> pick, pretty bad. Although not markedly worse than Mariota, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we snake back. AJ closes out his draft with Devontae Freeman. I love that pick, by the way. Oh, Freeman yeah, against the Rams Freeman. this week. Uh, I mean, you're going to get only one game probably, but the Rams are so bad against the run. I think Freeman injured. racks up 25 in the flex this week, and, and that's a brilliant pick. He's also injured. Tevin Coleman might not have been a bad pick also for, oh, some, yeah, for somebody. I mean, yeah, that's true. If, I, if I considered Coleman play. with my last pick. I went outside the box instead. Uh, yeah. Sam Martavis Bryant. Uh, Ew. <laughs> You did that one. Uh, Jimbo, Jesse James. I think that's a good pick. The guy's going to get at least two games, you know, probably, catch, one, probably yeah. catch a touchdown. Uh, Wolf, Keelan Cole, might be a steal, might be a nothing. We'll see. I went with Derrick Henry. I'm very proud of this pick, by the way. Um, I just decided, you know, he's an RSJ guy. Um, yep. I think he'll probably be out in one game. I don't want to take DeMarco Murray. Um, you know, there's at least an outside chance maybe Derrick Henry blows up. I picked Derrick Henry. There is a chance. Um, Henry, I mean, Murray hasn't practiced this week, so there's a chance you get a featured back out of Henry well, that's, too. Which that's what I was banking. Similar on. than similar philosophy to Freeman could have a nice 25 point day, even if it's only one of them. Right. I, I actually like that. Was probably one of the few picks I liked of yours. I, I didn't hate one the of the few picks. Yeah. One of the few picks. What about, Tra- what about like Tra- Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey in the fifth either. round? What about Antonio Brown in the third round? Are you out of your mind? Two games. That's all you're getting. And you're putting a lot on this. Uh, you're, you're guaranteeing this two games thing. Meanwhile, like you seem to think like Gurley like has just a ticket punch to the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and baby. I, mean, I guarantee you they will be favored to lose that game. Uh, um, <laughs> and then matter. CJ ends the draft with Malcolm Mitchell, and there was Awful. a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot of talk about that. The Wolf responds with over Alshon, and CJ responds, "Worry about your own team." And yeah, so, so, so the great over Alshon or Sammy Watkins or Ajayi or Funchess. Funchess was the one that I really don't see. I think he should or have Tevin definitely Coleman. been drafted. Tevin Coleman. At least by Sam, who has Cam Newton, who he took Martavis Bryant in the last round. How do you take Martavis Bryant over Funchess? If you've already loaded up on Cam, you're praying that he makes it four games. And I think, you know, as much as I don't love the Panthers' chances, because I think the Saints are winning that first game, it's going to be one and done, there is an outside chance Cam Newton plays plays out of his mind and they go on a four game run and make the Super Bowl. If you had Cam and Funches stacked, especially when Martavis Bryant's the other option, that was one of the few things I, I think Funches definitely should have been drafted. I think even over Keelan Cole, I took Keelan Cole, but I would have, if I could go back and change it, probably looked at Funches there or maybe Alshon for one game blow up. Malcolm Mitchell though, there's not even a guarantee he plays a game. That's terrible. Yeah. CJ's got a lot to learn. Yes, of course. Um, Salty. Um, so the grades were as follows. Um, Wolf, you know, just humbly gave himself an A. Gave A <laughs> as he loves to. Wolf loves to give himself A's. Do, do they result in titles? Not, not this year. Um, AJ uh, gave himself an A minus, or he gave, Wolf gave AJ an A minus. Uh, I, I like his balance. Other than Tyler I think AJ's team's pretty good. Uh, yep. Wolf gave Jimbo and CJ both B minuses. Gave Sam a D plus, and gave the truth an F. 
Um, <laughs> of course, the truth is always graded on a curve. So of course, yeah, right, and and not a good curve. I just again, I, I don't love the Steelers' chances of more than two games. I could even see Jacksonville going in there, especially because you're just cursed and winning that and upsetting them in the first game they play. And then you'd be completely fucked, and it'd be even better for it, me. It so, would. I mean, and look, if Jacksonville beats the Steelers, I'm out. If the Patriots beat the Steelers, in all likelihood, I'm out. Um, but like, you know, it's it's kind of like DFS to me. It's yeah. like you, you're trying to play something. You know, I, I'm not playing for like second or third place. I'm trying right. to I'm trying to win. And I mean, what percent chance do I think that the Steelers will go to the Super Bowl? I don't know, twenty five percent maybe. Uh, and and I'm willing to. I'm willing to go all in on that. 25, maybe 30%. If you look at that big board yeah. in Vegas, I mean, okay. I think the Steelers are maybe like the third most likely team to go to the Super Bowl. Um, I agree that the Patriots is a huge hurdle. But uh, if they happen to go more than two games, nobody has horses like mine. I mean, nobody. I mean, that's Le'Veon true. Bell, Ben, and, and Brown, and then I got Juju just thrown in like for the fuck of it. I mean, that's that's a that's a you know, nasty, If the Steelers make the Super Bowl, you'll probably win this whole thing. Yeah, I'll absolutely win it. Are you kidding? I mean, we're not going to get like shut out in the Super Bowl. Yeah, but anyway, I, I you know that was the tack that I took, and um, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how it works out. It's certainly a boomer bust type team. Uh, is it? Is it an F team? That's crazy. I mean, you know, because because right, it's not an I, F team because I think I have like a thirty percent chance of winning the league. I don't know that anybody else has like as high a chance as that. I mean, all mine's on one on on one scenario. But, uh, I put but if that scenario happens, chance. I'm going to win. Nah. No oh, chance. it's not going to happen? The Steelers go to the Super Bowl? I'm not going to win this stupid league? Of course I am. No. No chance. No chance. Steelers will not beat the Patriots. It's not going to happen. All right. Uh, while I have you here, because yes. we're just about done, I did want to go over something. Um, you know, wanted to just talk about this on the air before we signed off. And that is uh, the standing bets for the year between the Wolves and the Truth. Oh, There's shit. only four on the board. Um, first one, Tom Brady touchdowns, 2017 season, Wolf 39.5 or over truth below 39.5. The truth wins. Um, what was his final number of touchdowns? Was I like want to say low thirties, 30, 31, 32, yeah. something like that, which is by the way, pretty much exactly what me and I think Ryan Hannibal told you it was going to be. And you yeah. were just, you just become insane when you're projecting for Brady. You were just like 50. And, well, uh, granted, when we made this bet, and I know we didn't take any type of injury clauses, he still had Edelman. Like ter- at losing a weapon like Edelman, the heart and soul of his passing offense, is no small matter. So what? Oh, I mean, so what? Julian Edelman was the number one receiver there. He had 32 touchdowns on the year, so he was eight away. At I, no you're point. telling me Edelman doesn't at make no up that, that ground? At no, no, I don't think he would probably make I think up he that ground. Okay, does. well, that's now you're just being ridiculous. But if you say like. Uh, if you say, I mean, at no point during your insane, like, you know, I want to say drunken, but you weren't drunk when you were doing this. You just become like delusional during, at no point during that rant, did you say if every single player on the Patriots remains healthy for the entire season, he will achieve this. There's no clause. Right. I admit it. Well, then then don't, then don't try to qualify it now. You, I, you I were completely wrong, like, and you weren't even close. You were making it sound like I was insane to make that bet. If Edelman's you, there, that offense moves listen, so much more efficiently. Listen, There's so many more touchdowns. Those touchdowns come away from somebody, first of all. Like, it's not like Edelman gets nine, and then the, the, all these other guys still get the same number. 
that they I got. disagree. That's I think not. the offense just and, scores and more. And it was crazy. It was crazy. And Hannibal and I both said it was crazy. It was at a the bold time. bet. I'm it was a bold lie. bet. You missed it by a mile. And now you're sitting here. <laughs> and now you're sitting here being like, oh no, it was. You know, I, I I just barely missed it, or I was screwed by like the circumstances <laughs> of the league. You missed this by a mile. It was not even close. If anyway. Edelman was there, it would have been a lot closer. I guarantee it. Oh my god, this is ridiculous. It's <laughs> like talking to like a. It's like talking to Travis Kelsey. I'm um, stubborn, baby. Um, beast mode. You said he'd score 12, oh, 12, 12 or more touchdowns. 12 or more touchdowns in 2017. I said quite confidently less than 12. I'm waiting to hear uh, your excuse behind this one. There's no excuse. He's old and he was just the team. It, the Raiders sucked. They were way worse than I ever expected as an offense. So no, I'm with you on that. One. I thought they were worse. No, I didn't expect him to be that bad either. But I also I don't know how many he ended up with. I thought he would get like seven. I don't know what yeah, he ended it, up getting. I don't even remember exactly. It was not good though. Well, speaking of stupid Raiders bets, um, after a huge game for Michael Crabtree, I was really high on him, and I basically said I thought he would be better than AJ Green for the rest of the year, which he definitely was. No. Well, it was similar to the beast mode thing, uh, except maybe worse because I had a little more information about the Raiders than you did at that point. Uh, the True. Raiders were just a huge disappointment. Crabtree was really good this year, but I mean, AJ Green was a, you know, borderline top five guy. Crabtree, I think if you took out the game, he was kicked out uh, and early and the suspension the next game, uh, he was like, you know, outside of the top 10, but but high. Like maybe twelve. Oh, or the excuses like that. start coming in. Well, I, mean, I lost clearly. It wasn't even close. And then, of course, the last one. Oh, look at him trying to turn things around. And the last <laughs> one's my all-time favorite, which is when the wolf took Deshaun Kaiser's dick out, <laughs> dick out of his mouth just long enough to say that he thought that he would outperform Brock Osweiler in Week 17. He was wrong. Uh. So the final bets for the year, uh, if you're counting, and I am, the wolf won. The truth three. Uh, if you want to add a couple other things like head-to-head Roto Street Journal, uh, fantasy games, the truth, add another one to his total. So this was a humiliating year for the Wolf, at least as it stands with uh, arguing uh, with the truth. Um, but it would still been a fun year, Wolf. And I, oh, it was I, great. I hope you do a little better next year. I hope I hope that next year when you're predicting 44 touchdowns out of Brady or whatever, you let me talk you down a little bit before the season. Now, with all that said, by the way, I want to say Brady might end up the year as the number one fantasy quarterback or at least close to it. Right. Yeah, I think he was because Watson got hurt. And um, Wentz got hurt was the big thing. And Wentz got hurt too, yeah. Now, Kaiser, by the way, he was a week off, but week 17 <laughs> ended up being the third highest scoring quarterback of the week behind only Rivers and Stafford. Kaiser put up 24 points. So that's my boy right there. That's the guy I was expecting to come out against Osweiler. That bet came down to Osweiler scored eight and Kaiser had seven because that's he right. threw one more interception. How that's horrible right. the bet. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'll give it to you. You took me down this year. I think we had some other bets that we just did not get on the. All right, the well, board. next year we'll do that. We need to. We need to have someone that like actually. Oh, you would have probably lost at least judging by this oh, about seventy five percent of them. Yeah. Um, we got to get someone uh, producer or whatever that's like keeping track of this stuff because I'll try to do a good job. Uh, but you're right. I probably missed some. Um, sure thing. But with, yeah, good good way to wrap it up. I'll take that. All right. With that said, fair enough. With that said, folks. Uh, my name is Nat The Truth Jones. 
And I'm the Wolf. Hopefully this pod convinced you to take some uh, fantasy NFL playoffs, you know, fantasy football for the playoffs. Uh, it's the best thing for extending the season, keeping that excitement alive, keeping the shit talking alive, being able to prove your superiority over your idiot podcast mates or league mates or whatever it might be. Uh, you know, it just keeps it all alive. So check out rotostreetjournal.com. We're using myfantasyleague.com to host it. Um, and, and they do all the live scoring and everything. So it's easier than ever. Get a league and keep the excitement alive and follow us on Facebook, Roto Street Journal, Instagram, same name, Twitter, Roto ST Journal. Uh, my personal accounts, Roto Street Wolf on the Snapchat, the Twitter. Hit me up. Let me know if you're doing a league, any dynasty questions. We already have some coming in. We want to just keep the football alive, make that void avoidable even longer. And I need you guys to help me do that. So yeah. it's been a great year. We want to keep that alive. Hey, that's a great offseason shirt, by the way. Avoid the void. Avoid the void, baby. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I have a Twitter account now, Roto Street Truth. I've not started Ooh. posting on it yet. Uh, I, think okay. I, I think I have like four followers right now. I think um, maybe like I gotta uh, follow you. Maybe now. I know you don't even follow me. Derek Brown follows me. Derek Brown follows you and not me. Yeah, no, yeah, damn right. How did I didn't even know you were on it? He yet. was on. He followed me like seconds after I like made my account. He's all over that. He's good people. It's what is it? Roto Street Truth. That's right. Anyway, like I said, I have not started posting yet. I will um, at some point. Six followers, make it seven. <laughs> Six, make it seven. It was four last I checked. This is this thing's blowing up, people. If you want to get in on the ground floor, get in now. I love it. All right, like I said, I'm not the Truth Jones. With me, as always, my co-host, the Wolf of Roto Street. We'll see you guys later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd. Take our final bow Oh, it's our time to go But at least we stole the show 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 Old-fashioned football right there, folks.